Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Viral Music Hub podcast. I am your host, Lawrence O'Brien, and here today I have yet another guest. Um, his name is Tom Lees. Tom, how are you doing, man? Hello, I'm all right, Lawrence. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm great to have you on uh, to have you on finally. Um, it's uh, we we were gonna have this a little earlier, but uh, you unfortunately came down with some some illness, so uh, I was uh. Uh, we uh, yeah had to reschedule here no, a little it was, bit. Uh, it was, I just came down with a really horrible cold. Kept testing with you know COVID yeah. lateral flow tests, and they all came back negative. So all is well. Oh, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, well, you you can't risk it now, I suppose. No, I know it, it, it sucks. I had to like I recently got a you know I had to get a test in my some had a kind of a breakout at work so i was like thankfully i was i was oh, okay shit. you know so but yeah no nah, this yeah. this thing ain't going away anytime soon clearly no. so and we all got to be got to be careful well yeah but on to more positive things so yeah so tom tell me like tell me a little about yourself how you how you grew up your hometown and you know kind of how you got here I, I always like to start with that so i'm from a town in East Yorkshire, England, called Hull, which is a tiny little town. Oh, ev- people called it like a big village because everyone sort of knows each other, even though it's a city. Um, it's got its own like music sort of scene, nothing too big, but there's loads of really good local bands and local music that is really sick. Um, I've also got a background in theatre. So, like, there's there's a local theatre where I used to go called Hull Truck Theatre. I used to do loads of youth theatre stuff there. Um, and currently, I'm I'm home for Christmas, but um, I'm in York, which is in North Yorkshire, for uh, my theatre master's degree. Oh wow, that's that's awesome! Yeah, so you have like a theater background and everything, dude. You know, it's funny because like the last person I just had on the show, Ariel Liza, also has a musical theater background. So it's actually really fascinating to me. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and it's like I think it, I think it adds a lot to um, you know your music experience when you're making music too. You know, you have that that other way of looking at at the music instead of just like you know, just before, like performing a song, you know, you're, you're doing a whole performance along with like the song. So I think, I think it definitely adds more, you know, to your repertoire yeah. a little bit when, when making the music. Yeah. Well, like mu- musical theater has never been really my cup of tea because there's, there's musical theater and then there's theater, which is more just like plays, um, just without the music and the singing. But um, so I look at theatre artists like Samuel Beckett. Um, the theatre for me is like it's just another creative outlet because I like doing music and I like doing theatre, and I do a little bit of photography, like freelance work. Um, I want to have like as many creative options as possible that I can pursue one day. Oh wow! That, yeah. Um. Uh, you know that's really cool, man. It's like I, 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 I never was got, got into musical theater myself, so it was like, 
you know, I, I like, I don't really have a good like window of like, uh, of like, you know, uh, expertise on that. But so I always like hearing from like, like guys that have done it and, and see what, you know, like they're, they're, uh, um, introspective, uh, on it. Yeah. So, um, you know, so like, when did you start, when did you start playing music? Like, like when, when did it kind of start coming together for you to like, like play music? So it's a bit of a, it's a long story. Um, so when I was, I think about six years old, um, my mum really wanted me and my brother to do something, you know, with music. Um, my brother took percussion, which down the line, however many years later, led him to being a really sick drummer. Um, I, however, started with clarinet, um, which is quite funny because I've never really been into classical music. And at my primary school, which is like before you turn about 11, 12, um, I, yeah, they didn't have anything like guitar or anything like that. So I kind of just... I picked clarinet, I think, because I was watching Spongebob as a kid and I knew that Squidward <laughs> played clarinet. <coughs> um, so I took that on. I, for however long I've been playing it, which is about 10 years, because I stopped at 16, I just wasn't having any fun with it. And at 13... Um, I got a bit more interested in guitar because, so my brother got a big drum kit when he was 15. My brother's about a year and a half older than me. Um, so he got a big ass drum kit and I was like, that's sick. I want to be like that. And then I kind of, in his footsteps, I guess, started to get a bit more interest in guitar. And my first guitar was like, uh, it was a classic beginner's gear for music knockoff strat. Oh yeah, mine was too. <laughs> yeah. Oh nice. I had um, this I had the Squire strat. Mine was my first guitar too. <laughs> Squire's sick, man. I didn't even have that. I had the like the gear for music logo on the uh, headstock. It was one of them, like 40 quid. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, that, that was my first guitar. And then I think I was about 16, um, doing my grade four clarinet exam. And at that point I was just kind of like, I'm expecting to fail this because the passion had just sort of died. And then uh, my dad yeah, was quite happy yeah. for me to pursue guitar from that day onwards and take that more seriously. I never had lessons because, um, well, when I did clarinet lessons, that also sucked the fun out of it. So I kind of just learned for myself, watching a bit of like Marty Schwartz, learning songs by ear and just figuring it out. Wow! So you, so you were just like learning, learning like on your own. Yeah, like I think there were habits from when I played clarinet which I kind of recognized as things that were sucking the joy out of it. 
I didn't want to bleed into playing guitar. I mean, now, of course, there's going to be like, at some stage or another, you're going to have to learn a bit of theory to get by. But I didn't want to go like full ham. Yeah, right. Unless you're like Dimebag Daryl or something like that, you you pr- you yeah, gotta yeah. you gotta know at least like so- a little bit. You know, I think at least a little, got, little bit. You know, you gotta know like a couple of pentatonic scales. Yeah, right. E- even if you don't know like the terms itself, at least know like your way around the scale, like like the musical terms. Mm. Like even if you don't know the terms itself, just know like where to play. You know, then that that yeah. that's obviously pentatonic is like like the founding building block of like ninety five percent of like blues and rock songs. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like now I've been playing guitar for maybe oh my math isn't great. Let's say about eight nine years. Um, and I've I've done I know a bit of basic theory. I know a good few chords. But if you said to me, play a G chord, I would have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know chords, I just don't know what they're called. Oh, man. Yeah, I like, see, like, my thing was, like, I do, I mean, like, I, like, grew up doing lessons at, at my local uh, family music center. It was the place it was called uh, in uh, nearby Waterbury, Connecticut. <laughs> Shout yeah. out, shout out to Family <laughs> Music Center. I haven't been there in like a million, <laughs> haven't been there in a million years, but God bless Rob, yeah. my, my, uh, my teacher for teaching, getting me started on, on the right path at least and showing me, you know, how mm-hmm. to play stuff. Actually showed me jazz chords too, which I'm forever grateful for. Cause like that, like always like, Ooh. um, made me do, be able to do some different stuff when I play, um, Instead yeah. of just the basics, he really showed me like some really different stuff. So sometimes lessons are really good, kids, if you get the right teacher. <laughs> you know, so yeah. lear- learning yourself Definitely is good too. Lessons. But some, yeah, but sometimes some there's some good teachers out there that could really like show you some really cool stuff. Uh, sometimes you can't just pick up by like going online and stuff all the time. And, and yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's some for me. I, I learn better with like a person. You know, I, I can't I always just like look at an online video and learn something. I'm more of a, like, show me in person type, so. Yeah. I think def- everyone's got their own ways of learning. Like, if you're into... If you'd rather be taught by someone, go for it. If you'd rather kind yeah. of figure it out for yourself, go for it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with any of it. Like, learn from tabs, learn from sheet music. It doesn't matter. Like, it, yeah. it is like, like... At the end of the day, you're learning. Yeah, I just see, I just see so many snobs on like online now. You know, it's like everywhere. They're just like, oh, you should learn this way. Like, oh, you should learn this this way. I'm like, no, it's like just do what makes you feel comfortable. Like, it's like yeah. it's just different roads to get to the same destination. You know, it's like that. That's really all it is at the end of the day. It's um, I you know, do what makes you feel comfortable. You know, if you like sheet, free sheet. If you like tabs. Like go tabs, man. If you don't even like tabs yeah. and just like to listen by ear and try to play that way, do that. Like some people have the ear to do that. I I do sometimes, not all the time, but <laughs> it's like Yeah, it's it's a is a factor that will play into your musical journey, whether whatever direction that takes you. Right. I I think it's one of those things like too, you just you hear enough music after a while, you just kinda like get a feel for 
for music, and, yeah. and then you just kind of hear, yeah, you definitely. can hear things. You hear things, yeah. and you just kind of get a feel for, like, how should I play this, or, like, how should I how should I go about doing this? I don't know. Mm, it's kind of like hard to explain. It's, it's, it's only, it's, like, it's hard to explain unless you, like, know. You know, it's, like, mm. you know yourself. It's, like, how, um, how could I play this in a way that's comfortable for me? Right. Yep. Yeah. No. Exactly. And, and it's like, and and I see like you know, and there's guys that are really strict with like, oh, you got to use your pinky all the time. You know, you got to strengthen your pinky. And I agree with that. Trust me. And I do. But like mm. some certain things, it's like you don't always need that. Like it's not a huge deal. I know I'm gonna get like lambasted by like guitar experts and stuff, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's not always, like, the biggest deal. Like, you know, do, like you said, do what makes you feel comfortable. You know, if you want to play power chords and you don't feel like using your pinky for a lot of stuff, then go do it, dude. Who cares? Like, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I can use my pinky because I've got big ET hands, but, like, there are people who would probably be, like, they might physically not be able to do stuff with their pinky because their hand just doesn't yeah, stretch that far across the fretboard. Yeah, right. And I've talked to people, especially you know, I've I talked to some women that kind of struggle with like because their fingers are kind of shorter, and they they really struggle with the stretching, you know, the you know part. So it's like, yeah, mm. I mean, it's not always easy for people to play like that. You know, it's it's not some people just don't have that hand structure. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a lot different, more difficult. I mean, it's not like I'm not saying it's impossible for them, but it's definitely going to be a lot more tricky to, to do it. You know? No, no. With it, you know, practice makes perfect. Or brother, practice makes whatever comfortable playing method suits you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um. So I'm gonna actually jump right into the 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 meat of this. You're you're only but. Awesome song on streaming services, Blue Tattoos. We we, we got to talk about this, man. This this song is an absolute <laughs> beast. Uh, I, I mean, I was blown away the first time I heard this. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, no, I, I'm serious. Like everybody, please. Like I'm gonna I have I'm gonna have the link to it and everything when I post the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, please go uh, stream Tom's song, uh, Blue Tattoos. It it is absolutely fantastic. Definitely one of the better rock songs I've I've heard in like uh, a decent amount of time. <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's a real it's a great throwback and a great tribute to like you know um, I think rock past I, I guess you could say. Um, like what were you oh, what were you, you kind of going for with with that sound on on that song? Like uh, what was the what was your uh, objective with that? So, oh, it's a weird one because the song itself, like the lyrics um, and the sort of meaning behind it, it's sort of a response to the idea that if someone came up to me and said, hey, artistic things like music, theatre, writing, photography, whatever, anything in the creative industry that's not a real job. I would play this song to them because those things are real jobs. There was, um, just over a year ago, there was, in the UK, a campaign for Cyber First, and it was like a retraining uh, campaign, like retrain to work in the sort of cyber industry. 
and their propaganda was things like in particular there was a ballet dancer who was like getting her like ballet shoes sorted and the the caption was uh oh it's something like Fatima's Fatima's job could be in cyber she just doesn't know it yet and artists everywhere and creatives like I saw on social media and everything they were infuriated by it because it would just imply or it, it gave the message that the arts doesn't matter and it's not a real job which of oh. course to us it you know it fucking is um yeah so Let's talk about this for a moment. Of... I actually, I, I actually definitely want to expound on this topic. This is a a, a, a fighting point. I think we as artists and, and creative types fight uh, constantly. Um, I think I think this is something that unfortunately we we grapple with now as the music industry in general has drastically changed in terms of revenue st- sharing and streaming and. Um, yeah, and now it has become the conception the, the the conception that if you now enter this field, you are basically a dead end street. Like you are entering a dead end street. You are not yeah. contributing to society because this is a dead end, and you're really not doing anything to help anybody. Which I find absolutely incredibly insulting. It's condescending. It it's uh, demeaning. I think to anybody and we need to fight to keep the creative arts alive because it is capitalism is trying to swallow all that up and it's disgusting to me it's disgusting that we have to now tell people like no this is still a real thing you can do like why are we why do we even have to tell people that that's my that's my question why why do we even have to tell people that that's you know it's like that's just wrong that we have to even do that now is that the fact that there's campaigns against something doing something like that, and and I was like, "Do you have a real job?" Like, you know, listen, like I work a real a quote unquote real job, and you know, I do it and I get by, you know, and I do it. But the thing is, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have music on the side. You know, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have my other stuff on the side. You know, it's. You know, I do it because, you know, I'm forced into reality. You know, reality forces me into doing this, you know, and working, you know, for society mm-hmm. and or, you know, quote unquote, real job. <laughs> but, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's such a it's such a horrible fight that we have to fight as creatives. 100 percent right. And uh, it, it's not just in, you know, where you are. I mean, it's everywhere now. In America, we get the same thing, too. Uh, different ways. Maybe not as outlandish as that as like a whole ad, you know, but. Yeah. You get it. You get it from the older folks now, like the boomers and stuff, the baby boomers. They're 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 like, "Oh, why aren't you getting a real job?" You know, this is this isn't going to get you money. That's like it's not always yeah. the point, man. <laughs> uh, that that's not to say that everyone in the older generation is like that because I've met loads of people who are like um yeah, do like pursue music, pursue art, pursue a creative field because you could land something somewhere like if you work hard enough and that kind of goes for any job really like why would you figure out the arts as being a really hard job to get into when every job is quite hard to get into how is the arts any different all right 
it there's a lot it, there's a lot of problems in in getting you know getting jobs and everything you know it's it's not it's not just some you know pigeonholed into that that field you know yeah it's definitely a little trickier to find ways to get money in this field now but for sure yeah you know you have to be a little more creative than in the past but um you know there's ways to do it um there's ways to do it definitely yeah yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm glad uh, that, like, people are fighting back against that. But I, I didn't want to cut, mean to cut you off from your your point, of, you know, about the song. But So that kind of helped inspire the song, correct? Yeah, it did. I kind of, I want my first song to, like, I want to kick off my first release with a bang and make it quite, like, hard rock because I'm into that sort of thing. And, um... I listen to artists like, well, weirdly enough, I kind of still don't know what my sound is yet. Um, so Blue Tattoos is very much like an experiment. Huh, really? <laughs> yeah, because um, I'm really into artists like Jack White, The Kills, Oh, uh, yeah. Royal Blood, um, Greta Van Fleet, Wolf Mother. Um, but the more I listen to Blue Tattoos, the more I realize it's not quite there yet. And like I had those artists in mind when I was making it. And it, it, in terms of what the song is, it turned out the way I wanted. But I'm still kind of discovering or trying to find what my sound is based on those artists that I look up to. Um, so as I make more music, maybe I somehow find that, hopefully, one day. Uh, well, I think you're on the right track because <laughs> song, <laughs> that, that, is, that, is, that is the way to kick off your, your initial uh, release, man. Oh my gosh, like... And the funny thing is, I when I listen to the song, I actually don't think of like any of those guys at all. I actually think more of like a '90s, like '90s rock feel, more like like. And I I heard like I heard a lot of like Mark Arm from Mud Honey in your voice, and mm. um, that's not my voice actually. And that's not your voice. That's not you. Oh, so you're no. just playing guitar. I'm playing guitar. Oh, your the friend uh, Miguel bass. there, right? Yes, he's the vocalist. Uh, which like, shout well, he's out awesome to Miguel. Too. I, I give him props for me as well because uh, I I don't want to just uh, I don't want to leave him out on this too. He he was awesome on that track then because uh, he was really really sick to work with. Because uh, so me and him went to school together. He was in the year above me, and we always like hung out in the music block and the stuff. And whenever because we did extracurricular music things, we always see each other like the music center in city center um and then like we still keep in touch during university because i went to york he stayed in hull um and we've been in a few bands together as well but they never like fully took off which fair enough because we've got like other commitments at the time yeah you know how band um, stuff goes <laughs> yeah yeah um cause we were in a band very temporarily called um the creeps which is just creep with a Z on the end because we're cool and quirky. <laughs> <laughs> I 
um, a little, a little uh, like prince, prince symbol there. You know, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we've we've jammed a lot. Like we jammed uh, when we were in the creeps. There was a couple of times when. Oh, after school, do you want to come jam at my house? Yeah, sure. That kind of thing. Um, uh, but then I hit him up for blue tattoos because I set myself a challenge with this song because I didn't have enough. I couldn't afford to buy Logic Pro at the time. So I set myself a challenge of trying to write a song within the 90 days of the free trial. Um... <coughs> Uh, so when it was about maybe just over a week left of the trial, I was like, crap, I need a vocalist. Um, so I hit up Miguel and I said, do you want to do vocals for this song I'm doing? And he said, yeah, sure. And we kept it safe. Like we both did, um, COVID flow tests beforehand. And I had like an extra pop filter on my microphone, which just to keep everything safe because it was in my home studio which is now our mine and my partner's study um oh nice yeah I had like soundproofing and everything but then I realised that I didn't fully need it so we took it down and now it's just a nice little cosy study but um yeah Miguel was really cool and he kind of he got the vibe of the song immediately he had to listen to it and within like this one session he 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 nailed it he nailed it it was so good wow that one session that that's incredible <laughs> that one session yeah i mean it, it took like a bit of mixing uh like a, a couple of days later like i was in a position where i kind of just thought you know what sod it and i just hire a guy on fiverr to help mix it which turned out really good and the drums I should also mention now that well since I've called uh, shouted out Miguel for the vocals I should also mention the drummer who give me a moment I'll try and find <laughs> him guy from Italy oh I think his name is Sasa de Tessa, I think. Okay. Guy from Italy. If you're ever looking for a drummer, hit him up on Fiverr. He is. He's always on it. He's just like Miguel. He performed exceptionally well. Yeah, that yeah, so he had you had him on the drums. Yeah, because to me, like the logic drum presets are sick. But I didn't want to use them because I kind of felt like for a proper release, they they could be kind of plasticky. Yeah. Huh. I I just wow. Um, I'm amazed like how that came together like so well like <laughs> so quickly for you. It was very like, um, the word patchwork comes to mind like I did most of it from like the comfort of my own study and then I call in a guy who I used to go to school with to do the vocals and then I hire a guy from fucking Italy 
to help with the drums. <laughs> That's like the best. And then I hire though. another guy to go help music, uh, mix it. Yeah, that's the best though. It's like, you know, he's gonna be able to get like all these different influences from everywhere, you know. And I, I think that's what makes music great when you're able to do that, and and it comes together mm. like that. Yeah. So like, how did how did you come up with like the guitar part for it? Like, what what did, I, I don't know I don't know if it's anything that deep, you know. But sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. I'm just curious. Like, I wanted something kind of, um, beefy. Like, if I were to listen to it with my headphones on and through speakers, I really wanted it to just slap. And I was just going through the presets of, um, like, the, the guitar part on Logic. I found one. Can't remember the name of it, but I feel like it's probably a go-to when you're trying to write a hard rock song on Logic. Um, but on my PRS that I had at the time... It just sounded sick as fuck. <laughs> that's that's easy. I like that answer. <laughs> sometimes that, that's that's just the best, and it is. It's a really like I, I like the way you put it. It's a very beefy like track. You know, it's a beefy. It just hits you kind of like strongly, strongly hits you. That riff just kind of attacks you, <laughs> and I and I really like it a lot. Oh, thank you. I took in, um, when I was making it as well, I I don't know if you come across some of these on your For You page on TikTok, but I see, like, not gurus, but, like, people who are in the music industry giving tips on, like, songwriting. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I see that all the time. Yeah, like, Matt Bacon, for instance, he's one who comes up a lot and, I follow him on TikTok. He's really good, and I think I think he's called John Avery. Okay. Uh, Conan, sorry, Conan John Avery. I think. Um, I follow them both, and they both give out really good tips. And a couple that stuck in my mind when I was making blue tattoos was if you're kind of starting out with your music, don't drag it out to a four-minute song. Obviously, not everyone has to go by that, but for me, I kind of thought, okay, I want to follow these tips so that I can make something just solid. So I went for about the two minute 30 mark, which I think is fair. I, I love then, that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good length. You know, sometimes it's like, you just don't want a song to overstay its welcome sometimes. And I, yeah. so I, th I think there's a problem with some musicians that have, that they just don't know when to end a song. Hmm. Like, it could be, you might have some sick parts, but there's no harm in, like, stretching out to maybe two songs. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, oh, I, t I talked about this at length on my, on the uh, previous episode. Like, <laughs> the, there's some music mm. that just sounds absolutely soulless, but technically incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's why I went for the sort of two minute, two to three minute mark. And... Also, when you're making a song these days, well, the guy who I saw, uh, listened to on TikTok said, scrap the intro because you need something that's going to hook someone immediately. 
either that. Right. They, you could or, lose them in the first five seconds if you don't. Yeah, or the well, the second rule was um if you're not scrapping the intro, it's gotta be it's gotta hook your listener enough within like the first three, maybe five seconds. Yeah. Oh no. It, it's yeah. You have to. It, it's it's the way of the world now. I mean, in general, the attention spans are are getting shorter and shorter now. You there's so much stuff to keep people's attention, and if mm. you're not doing it for them, they'll skip right over you. Yeah. Because well, there's loads of arguments to be made that I've seen, which kind of read oh, but this hard rock psychedelic funk song from like the seventies had an eight-minute intro, and the song itself was about 12 minutes long, and it slaps. And like, firstly, <laughs> that was the 70s. <laughs> We're in 2021. <laughs> right. Um, and secondly, yeah, um, 12 minutes is stupid. It may resonate with you, with whoever the artist was or is, because they've released music before and you've grown to like them enough to be able to listen to a 12-minute song. I mean, 12 minutes is a bit of an exaggeration, but um, if you're starting out, it's not a good idea, well, in my opinion at least, not to release like a five, six-minute song as your first one, or even release an album when you've not got a big enough audience singles are better to release yeah. and at a good solid two to three minute length yeah uh definitely the way uh industry is trending right now for sure uh you kind of kind of lead them in with those singles and then eventually you know it's like you can probably do an album but uh yeah uh, yeah now nah, that's the kind of the way way now uh i see people going it's it's very very different these days but yeah it's it's kind of like Opposite. It used to be the opposite, you know, back in the day. It's like you released the album, and then you did the singles. <laughs> yeah, yeah and even it, way, way, way back, it would be like, oh, you could, play, you could play a G chord? Sick. How does a live gig sound in front of thousands of people? Yeah. But now it's like, it's a lot more, like, formulaic. Right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I just found I just found the whole whole process of the song interesting, and I think it's great, and I think you're off to a great start, Tom. Um, that I think uh, that was a great way to uh, start off um, and lead lead an audience into kind of what you're aiming to do, and obviously that doesn't have to be your main sound, it doesn't have to be your sound all the time, but you have a, now have a basis, you have a baseline of like this is kind of what I a little bit of what I am. Now you know now yeah. now people kind of want to see more, and I think, and will want to see more once uh, the song kind of gets a little you know a little more traction and and uh, listens to mm. it. Um, oh, but, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm excited. So, do you have any anything else down the pipe you're like uh, working on yet, or are you just kind of taking a break for now and focusing on on like you know you're studying or you know whatever whatnot? Um, I think for now I'm taking. A bit of a break because like you say I've got my studies to focus on with my master's degree but I may be able to find some wiggle room because we've got a big ass project from like February until September to work on 
so I bet I could find some time in between that to just sort of play about. But primarily, it's focusing on my studies. Um, but Blue Tattoos is very much like like a prototype for my sound, as I was saying. So whatever I produce or release next could be similar sounding, could be completely different. I don't know. I'm still in an experimental sort of stage. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's fair, man. I I think I think I think it's healthy to do that in general. I mean, I I think I think it's healthy to take take those breaks and you know in between instead of just trying to rush songs out that you just don't really have a lot of passion for. You just kind of are just you're making songs that yeah, like they're lifeless. You know, they feel lifeless mm. and they don't have what you know what you really want to put into them. You know, it's good to take that time away. I think to gain more life experiences and. Anyway, you know, that, that, that is like a big basis for how we, I think we write music. And I think if you're just not, if you're just turning out song after song, um, I, th- I think you run into problems there. Um, yeah. see, um, and, and this, they're one of my big examples. Um, and, and, it, and I hate to say this cause I really like you know, their, their music on and off over the years, but Weezer, for example, um, mm. they just, for the, the, I feel like they came out with about five albums in the past, like four years or something like that. And it's like, you know, some of it, will it be good? Probably. But a majority of it's probably going to suck <laughs> because they, yeah, I've, I've felt the same about Bon Jovi. I used to be massive, massive, massive Bon Jovi fan when I was like 12. And I kind of realized as I've been a bit more critical with music playing and music making even, I've kind of realized like a lot of bands will follow a formula for making music and if it works for them, it works for them because it works as well just like for their listeners and their audience and their fans. But for some reason, for me, Bon Jovi, their patterns and their formula for making songs, it stands out so much that the more I listen to it, the more stale it sounds yeah yep i i agree um you know i'm and i like i'm like i like a few bon jovi songs but yeah for me they are like that's kind of my issue with that band is that they do kind of make some very very similar sounding songs and just kind of get boring kind of quick for me yeah runaway is still a banger though no let's not get it twisted (laughs) yeah no runaway is elite yeah, the, their best song, no no doubt for me. I, I think that is, like, their 100% their best song. Is there any other mm. uh, artists that, like, kind of insp- inspired you, influenced you when you were younger? Um, oh, this is a wild card. I used to religiously listen to Hammerfall. Uh, I'm sorry, who did you say? I'm sorry, I, I, didn't, I missed that. That's all right, I am... Um, I used to listen to Hammerfall. Oh, okay. I'm not too familiar with with them. They're they're like a power metal band from Sweden. Um, Ooh. When I look back on it now, that phase was probably like, you know, everyone has like a bit of a cringy phase. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was mine. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but like I I've, I've recently 
like rediscovered some of their music and they've re-recorded some songs as like sort of anniversary editions of albums. It's sick as fuck. But would I delve back into that phase of being an absolute metalhead? For me, probably not. If you're a metalhead, cool. But it, it just <laughs> metalhead Tom at the age of like 13, 14, even 15, they were the cringy times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. I had my share uh, during that time <laughs> myself. So uh, that was actually around the what was funny because like I actually started getting into some good music at that at that time in my life. Um I mean my dad yeah. grew me up well, on like, vinyl. Uh my dad grew me up on like vinyl and like MTV music videos since I was a kid. So I, I was always kind of around like good music. I'm not trying to flex yeah. here or anything, but like <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, then I finally like and when like later in my middle like middle probably around middle school is kinda when I was like I wanna find my own like music. Like I don't wanna just listen to my dad's music. I wanna like find music and listen to it on my own and discovered it on my own. And that was when I started mm. discovering bands like Faith No More, uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Um, yeah. Um, Jesus, who else? I'm trying to think. Um, those are the big two for me, like early on though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and th- but then, yeah, but then I found myself, I was kind of like getting stuck in that whole rock world, like, you know, exclusively for a long time. And I was like, then after a while, I think it was like, I want to say probably when I started getting into college was when I just like started, it was like, okay, like I got to like branch out a little more. I got to listen to more like R and B and more like, you know, rap and more, you know, different stuff. Just Yeah. I, and, I was in the same boat when I was at the end of my, I think it was the end of my first year of university. Um, I, me and my dad went to a gig in London to see Stevie Wonder and Lionel Richie. And that stood out to me as like, it, it was a sort of fork in the road that took me down loads of different paths of listening to different genres of music. Cause I was very, like you, I was very much sort of stuck in a rock music, nothing else. But um, that was very much like, ooh, okay. I'm gonna branch out a bit more because this this slaps. <laughs> right right yeah it's just like yeah i changed my life almost i was like oh my god like what have i been missing out on for so long you know it's just like all this mm. st- music that i've just kind of shielded myself from just to be like oh I, i'm a big rock guy you know <laughs> for yeah <laughs> for so long like i like like i exclusively like faith no more sound gardens you know stone devil pilots faith you know uh Alice in Chains, and, you know, I was just like, yeah, you know, rock, look at me, yeah, yeah, I was flexing, like, my grunge all the way, and then I was like, oh, my God, like, I remember my big discovery, I think, probably was around when uh, Channel Orange by Frank Ocean came out, and that's what, like, totally just, like, blew my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is unbelievable, like, I need to listen to more stuff like this. (laughs) Do you think... Um, like you when you were younger in your big rock phase if you now met your rock obsessed self as a younger person do you think they would be in shock 
Or do you, how do you think they would react to see you now listening to different genres? Oh, that's a great question. And, and, and the answer is my younger self would be mortified, probably. Um, <laughs> and, and, and probably... <laughs> <laughs> and probably throw many insults my way. <laughs> I think mine would, myself would be the same way. Yeah, they'd be like, what the hell, man? You sell out. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell? Rock is life, bro. And I'm now like, bro, just, just take it easy. It's not that deep. It's not. It's not. It's not that deep. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I, I I love that question because yeah. No. You're you're 100 right. Like I would be like yeah. I'd just be so shocked at like what I listen to now. You know. And compared, and I still listen to that other stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like that stuff's still very yeah, much yeah, yeah. A, a big part of my life. And I'll never like not listen to that stuff. I mean that's like yeah. You know. I. It's I, important to return to your roots. Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like that stuff is still near and dear to me. It's like I just go, but now it's like I feel like I go through moods, and I'm like, well, I feel like listening to this instead. You know, I'll yeah, I'll now I'll listen to this, or you know, oh now I'll listen to my you know the all the independent people that I just followed from TikTok and all this stuff. I put you know put that playlist on, or then sometimes I'm like you know you know what? I'm just gonna throw like my random like songs on, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, the amount you know? of the amount of artists that I found on TikTok. They're sick as fuck, man. They're so cool. Oh yeah, I know. It's 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 incredible how many how many people that are out there now. You know, it's that you can discover. Yeah. It's 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 wild, man. It's it's uh, it's kind of yeah. It's what really started me, inspired me to do this show because I was like, man, I'm gonna like get the info about these people out there. You know, it's like there's so many talented people out here that aren't even signed and. And everything, I'm just like, this just amazes me. Yeah, I think the people that I've seen on my For You page, there is branched out, well, it's helped me branch out even more to genres that I would never used to have listened to. Yep, same here. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, we're very, I think we're very similar <laughs> in, that, in that way. Yeah, like I've listened to. Um, Jason Benefield mm -hmm. and I really love his sort of soothing country sort of vibe his song When the World Makes More Sense oh my god it's so good yeah well, I, I never I haven't heard him I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check him out myself probably add him to the ever growing list of people I probably should have on the show <laughs> so, oh which man is, it's Artists are plenty there. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it was actually funny because that was actually going to be one of the questions I asked you, like what other smaller artists that you like and support. So <laughs> you kind of oh, give me well, a nice segue into that. There's Jason Benefield. There's Britt Elizabeth. Esmeralda. Charity Stone. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now or Never. So many. Yeah, no, there, there's some, there's some great great bands out there, and and, and artists, individual artists on, on TikTok. It's crazy, man. That's mm -hmm. um, you know, Forge the Sun is another one that I will be having yeah. on the sun, uh, show at some point soon. They're they are absolutely killer uh, rock band. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, they 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 are so good. Um, I can't wait to have them on eventually. Um, so I'm gonna go to some fun questions really quick. 
Let's go for it. We're gonna do the fun fun music questions. So nice. Um, Desert Island albums. So you can only bring like three albums with you um, anywhere. Like you can only bring three albums with you for the rest of your life. What are they? Oh God. Yeah. Um, That's usually the response three. I get when I ask that. <laughs> <laughs> three albums. Right. Yeah. I think one of them uh, is definitely Have a Nice Day by Bon Jovi. Now, I know I just slated them. Okay. However, um, when I got, have, I got the album as a Christmas present from a friend when I was like 13. Um, and at the time, I mean, I couldn't now be able to remember the songs. But from what I remember listening to them religiously when I was younger, every song was just so good. Like, really feel good. It had a mix of everything in terms of, like, what sort of songs there are. Like, with the meanings behind them. You had, like, like a feel-good song. You had a love song. You had sad songs. The whole repertoire... Yeah, I, I actually remember when that came out. <laughs> I, I remember I was a kid then I, when that came out. Uh, that song was all over the radio. Couldn't, you yeah. couldn't, like, escape it. So <laughs> That's interesting. And, and so how about the other two albums? Oh, God, I think... One of them would definitely be a Jack White album because I can't go a day without Jack White. It's just a question of what album. Yeah, I mean, like, are Maybe we talking, Elephant? like, White Stripes or just Jack White by himself? Probably, I think maybe just Jack White. Or, well, it's hard, isn't it? Because Jack White is part of so many different things. Like, he was part of the White Stripes. He does his own stuff. He's in the Dead Weather and he's in the Raconteurs. So I'd probably go for a Raconteurs album. Okay. Maybe, um... The Broken Boy Soldiers. Nice. Okay. Um, I love the White Stripes, though. They were awesome. Um, <laughs> I, they are very, very good. I'm not dissing them in any way. Yeah. That Jack, and, White, Jack White solo stuff is good. I, it's just a little little different. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I, it's for more sure. with the times, I guess. I mean, obviously, all music is with the times because... It's only going to sort of adapt. But I really like his sort of newer stuff. Yeah, I I, I honestly have to listen to more of it. As I, I just haven't listened to enough of his new stuff yet. But, mm. but uh, yeah, no, Jack White's awesome. He's he's such a such an influential guitarist in, in the in the community in general. I mean, <laughs> I think he's influenced so so many people. You know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's one of those guys. He's like a transcendental, you know, type of player. You know, he's just like he has that sound. You know, it's just like you know it's him. Mm. Yeah, the one. You, and then I feel like when you have that, it's like yeah, I think you've like you definitely have made an impact because you have a signature sound that just like everybody knows it's yeah. like your sound. I think Jack White is part of the reason why I want to find out 
what my own sound is because his is so unique. I kind of want to follow, not make his sound, but like do what he did to get his sound. Right. I, I know exactly what you mean. Right. Just you want to explore that. Yeah. Here's a fun. Uh, here's a fun oh. question. Go on. Cover you think is better than the original? Oh, crap. Um, cover that I think is better than the original. Oh, I've got one. Uh, I hate myself for loving you, which is originally by Joan Jett, but the Hailstorm cover is sick as fuck, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I. I'm very familiar with Hailstorm. I actually saw them live twice, I think, actually. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I know I've seen them at least once. I think it was actually might have been two times. Because I think I saw them by themselves, and I saw them at a festival. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I used to really like Hailstorm for like a period of time back in the day. Same. Yeah, nah, Lizzie Hill was, was, was pretty awesome, so. Mm. Yeah, that- I was going to say for my... I didn't say my third ba- uh, album for Desert Oh, Island. I'm sorry. I, I I lost count. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't worry. I have, I've got to open my phone. It was one, two, three, four, five by the main squeeze. Uh, what was that? One, two, three, four, five by the main squeeze. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm, again, I'm jeez. I feel like such an idiot because I don't even know. I've never heard of it. So. No, no, no. Don't worry. It's um. I found them on TikTok, funnily enough, and they're very like. Poor. How do I? They're very funky. Almost. I can't even describe them because there's a bit of like. There's some crunchy guitar in some songs, but it's also very poppy and it can be a bit swingish. Maybe a bit jazzy. I think... Hmm. Yeah. The main squeeze because they're such like a bag of tricks band. Or a jack of all trades. There's something for everyone to enjoy from them. And... One, two, three, four, five. It just hits different. My favourite song on that album is Karma. Oh, that's that's really cool. I, I just like bands that are able to incorporate any type of swing in their music. <laughs> that's... That's that stuff's awesome. I say, I say swing, but I mean, people who know swing better than I do will probably say it's not swing. But I think that's yeah, swingy I mean, like to you. So are, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, they're very sort of like I say, a bag of tricks. Um. So another, I'm moving on to like another like fun question. Like, not, like, what do you like to do outside of music? Um, and like, what are some of your like favorite like games, TV shows, uh, um, et cetera, et cetera, sports, what, what, whatever, anything, anything that you do outside of music? Um, I quite like going to the gym when I can. Obviously not. Hey, because... me too, buddy. I was just there this nice. morning. <laughs> oh, sick. Um, going there a bit less over the holidays because A, I'm home and B, it's Christmas Um, I like to sometimes go out and take photos of shit Uh, write (laughs) plays and like performance pieces 
to sort of help with my studies. Uh, TV. At the moment, me and my partner are watching James May, Our Man in Japan, which is very, very good. It's on Amazon. Uh, uh, what was the show? Uh, James May, Our Man in Japan. Oh, interesting. I haven't heard of that yet. I might have to check that out. <laughs> James May is part of, like, the old Top Gear in the UK, and now oh. they're on the Grand, the grand Tour. Okay. All right. Um, but, like, other TV, I'm really into The Witcher at the minute. Oh right, yeah. The uh, based on off the video game, right? Yeah, and the books as well. And the, well, yeah, they're, okay. They main they're mainly based off the books, but they have taken some stuff from the games into the next season. Which I haven't started season two, which has just come out. But um, from what I've seen in like promo, they are bringing elements that I think all fans of books or games will enjoy yeah yeah are you a gamer yourself tom oh well not an avid gamer my my game shelf is limited to about maybe four games mainly skyrim <laughs> and witcher 3 Oh, hey, well, yeah, I saw that kind of saw that coming after, <laughs> but I, I kind of figured I'm like, well, you must play The Witcher if he's watching The Witcher show. So, oh yeah, yeah, Sky, yeah, I tell you, Skyrim. You know, I don't play it much anymore, but when I used to play, it's a fun game. You know, it's just like fun to go around and just explore in there, and, and uh, it helps that the music is awesome in that too. Yeah, the score, the score also... is amazing on, and it, I mean, mm. I, you know, that from a another musician thing. I'm actually curious, like, is that like? Would that you think that would be one of your favorite like video game music pieces uh, at all, or do you think you have another one? I think. Ooh, I think maybe. The Witcher probably takes the cake for music because. There's a lot of like. Like Slavic chants. Sort of music, <laughs> which is really cool, but then, like Skyrim for it's like really deep viking sort of vibe obviously in the music is really cool and then to be fair morrowind is quite good with its music it's very morrowind feels the most fairy tale which i quite like mm. yeah I, I i've always wanted to get into the uh, video game music on the show and i haven't been able to get to it yet and i'm so happy that i'm talking about this <laughs> because i <laughs> i think video game music is so like fun to talk about because there's so many good tracks over the years that that just really have i, I honestly they really can make games like they can really define games and help add that yeah. definition to like man that game made an impact on me you know and it's not just the gameplay you know it's it's what's around it and mm. you know the environments and the music you know and i think especially the music i mean you know who doesn't know the mario song you know who doesn't know green hill <laughs> green, you know green hill zone from yeah from sonic you know like who doesn't who doesn't know those songs? You know, I, I grew up being such a huge fan of Mega Man music. I still listen to Mega Man music. I'll listen to it on Spotify sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'll just throw on, like, the Mega Man X soundtrack. I'll be like, all right, 
I'm just gonna throw on the Mega Man nice. X soundtrack today. <laughs> As, I just think those, those what they were able to do, especially with limited technology back then, with like the sound chips. Mm. Oh my God! I mean, those guys were geniuses. I, I mean, pure genius. That was interesting. Like, um, that just, it made me think of um, films, like like TV games, films. And the musical stuff they use yeah. to create different sounds, which boggle my brain. Because apparently, you know, in Star Wars, right? Um, apparently, they made, you know, the vroom, vroom, lightsaber sounds. Uh, yeah, the lightsaber sounds, what about them? Yeah, they apparently would swing a microphone in front of a speaker so there's a brief bit of feedback and that's where the vroom comes from. Wow. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you watch or keep up with Doctor Who, but, you know... A little I bit. I dabbled in it, Doctor Who for a couple few seasons, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what the TARDIS sounds like then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They made the sound of that by scraping a key across, like, the strings in a... Well, I think you find strings in a piano. Wow. Or, like, a grand piano or a, an organ or something, but they scraped a set of keys and recorded it to do, like, the taking off and landing sounds. Yeah, it, that's that's just unbelievable. <laughs> I like, I think I think that's something that we don't talk about enough in, in general is just sound effects. Sound effects is just a biggest part of the music process as anything else. I mean, the things yeah. that that you know to just the way that we can produce sound and just you know different noises and different different noise effects. It's just unbelievable. Like, you know, it's just, it's it's incredible how. Uh, you know, it's like, we don't really pay attention to it sometimes, but just even just the sounds of the environment around us can be just so um, overwhelming. My actually, my buddy Tyler that I used to work with, uh, he's a big musician himself. Um, he actually did this whole like project based on like environmental music, like of like the sounds that we hear around us and that we don't like nearly uh, like like pay attention to enough. And I thought it was like a, the most fascinating thing. Hmm. And I think he called it Sunday Soundscapes, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, which is, which is a really cool name. Nice. Um, yeah, like that. I think that's like a really important part of music too, uh, and like just like guys that can do just like crazy things with their voice. Like like I don't know if you know who Mike Patton is, who used to sing you know sings for Faith No More and like Mr. Bungle and um, mm. the the Phantomus and and all those. I mean, just the things he's able to do with his voice. I mean, he actually played um, the uh, one was it the ang- I think he played the anger orb in Portal. Oh, sick! He he actually he actually did the voice like the voice for the anger orb in the in a Portal, the anger sphere. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was him, and he did um another um. A couple video game voices too, and I can't remember them off the top of my head. But just the way that he could produce things out of his vocal cords is just unreal. Like the sounds that come out of his voice, I just I'm always so fascinated about. 
Because, so like, not only is, like, Faith No More one of, like, probably is my favorite band ever, but, like, just the things that Mike is able to do on his own away from the band is just, like, it's nuts. Mm. That's sick as fuck. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, yeah, no, if you, like, check it out sometime. Like, that's all him making those sounds, like, in, in that, in that, for that game. You know, in the portal, in that, the anger orb sphere, whatever you want to call it, is, that's him. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's it's really really cool. Um, it's just he's able to do like he does like other video game voices sometimes too, um, and it's really neat. Um, so back to like kind of like the to the music side of things. So how would mm-hmm. you describe like your songwriting process and like, and if you deal with it, how do you battle like creator writers writers block and burnout? Um, my my creative process for making music is quite similar to my creative process when I'm making theatre and writing is um, well I kind of just play about really there's not there's nothing really intricate or like formulaic I literally just fuck about see what happens um, and then if I do really like something, I'll make a note of it or I'll record it so I don't forget. Um, but if I ever have like a burnout, if I have a burnout, then I'll probably not touch music or whatever it is I'm burnt out from for a good couple of days. But then if I'm kind of at a writer's block where I want to make stuff... I just don't know what it is or my brain's just not letting me think of or come up with cool ideas. Um, I'll just like go on TikTok, sit, play some games, go for a walk or most of the time is go for a walk because you can't knock a bit of fresh air um, and then come back, maybe try again if that hasn't worked, then I'll just sort of do my own thing for a bit more. Okay. I mean, that you know, I like that. You know, sometimes it's just it's just good to get away from it sometimes when you're, for me, like when you're dealing with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know it's I for think... me sometimes I have to walk away for like weeks at a time. I know. I'm like, I'm like at the uh, the crazy end of the spectrum on it. <laughs> Where I'll, sometimes I'll just like, I get so mad at it. I'm just like. I'm staying away from it for like a while. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't I'd, write like this. Mm, I'd really recommend if anyone's if anyone ever has a burnout or like a creative they hit a wall or their writer's block and it stresses them out a bit. Don't consume any caffeine for the rest of the day because you will just get more anxious. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I agree because that—that's definitely how I feel. So, yeah, yeah. Like I get, I get the shakes. I, if I'm really burnt out, let, let's say I've had a coffee or two in the morning and I'm creating, um, and I hit a wall or I'm at a burnout, I'll get really stressed and really sort of fed up and upset or angry at the fact that I can't do anything or like. And then shit just starts going a bit wrong and it hits you harder than it probably realistically should. Um, yes. It, it hits harder when I've had a cup of coffee, just a cup of coffee, when you don't even think about it. 
that will impact your reaction way more than times when I've hit burnout or a bit of a block when I've not had, well, I've not dosed up on caffeine in the morning. Yeah, I, and I think that's like a big part of like, you know, you kind of start questioning like, am I able to do this? Like, <laughs> like, is there something mm. wrong with me? Like, why can't I do this right now? Yeah, I think if you have a day of working on something creative, because you, you've planned, let's say I go, okay, tomorrow I'm going to write a new song or do something to help me get there. That's me planning what I'm going to do for that day. I might as well plan things around it so that my work performance is at its best. So I won't have loads of caffeine. I'll make an effort to try and get up at a good time in the morning so I can like take it slow, not feel like I have to rush to get a shower, have breakfast and things. Um, have a break when I need to, if I'm getting tired have five minutes, come back. So there are loads of little habits and loads of little necessary things that should, or at least I consider when I plan on making work. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Um, so is there like a favorite lyric that you've written at all or like anything that that you that's really stood out to you um what in like blue tattoos uh yeah i mean it could be blue tattoos or something you never even released i mean i that's I'm up to you um i mean i haven't really not much else is in the pipeline at the minute so i'll go for something from blue tattoos which is I can't escape the noises and the ringing in my ears. It distracts me from the nonsense we're subjected to here. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Which is, it's like, when I thought of that, it was, um, I would rather subject myself, well, no, I'd rather sort of, I'd rather sit in my room with the thoughts going on in my head and maybe the nonsense and no matter what it is, even if it's like self-deprecating your shit, depressing thoughts, um, I would rather listen to that than the shit about other people saying what I do creatively isn't realistic, which might not necessarily be a healthy approach, but even if I listen to my own thoughts no matter how good or bad they are they're still coming from me I would rather subject myself to that than listen to the demeaning condescending opinions of other people who will make it their objective to put me down That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love that man. That is like such a, that is such a great lyric. That's, that's great songwriting. Um, and oh, thank you. Yeah, I just, I, I love the message there. Uh, you know, it's like, 
you know, we're fighting all our own battles here, you know, in our head. Um, I think, I think as creative types, we deal with it the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think, I really truly believe that. Um, not to, not to be like a, some grief dick measuring contest here or anything, <laughs> but you know, but, um, I really think we do deal with it a lot, you know, and, yeah. um, we have a lot of thoughts running through our head, but you know, yeah, at the same time, I'd rather at least live in the fact that, I have those thoughts, but then someone else try to tell me that I can't do something. Yeah, because when somehow listening to the opinions of fucking Barbara from a Facebook group who you've never <laughs> sometimes it can hit harder. Barbara. Yeah, fucking Barbara. Barbara or Karen from the Facebook group, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She somehow it doesn't really affect me too much but it could well affect other people um things that a random person says to you could really hit hard and make you think oh what's the point why bother but then i'd rather listen to myself ask why bother than someone else say why bother yeah Right, it's it's uh, yeah, it's like I don't know, yeah, like you said, like I'd rather listen to myself. I'd rather listen to myself doubt myself than <laughs> than someone else do it for for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who, someone else who I've never met, even though their opinion doesn't even matter. It's like you don't know me. <laughs> yeah, like who who are you? Who are you to say that I'm pursuing a dead end? Like you don't know who yeah. I am. You don't know what I I think about what I do. You know, and it's like yeah, you don't know me. And it's like who the fuck are you, Barbara? Yeah, I don't know, Barbara. What's your problem, yeah. man? <laughs> <laughs> I love that Barbara from the Facebook group. That that's definitely one of my favorites of, of all the the things I've already heard on the podcast so far. <laughs> I should I should disclose that I've never had any interaction with a Barbara from a Facebook group doubting me. That literally just came to my head. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh man, I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to recover from Barbara from the Facebook group. I'm so, I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. How funny that was. Um, <laughs> um, so how how are you trying to market yourself? What are your strategies for trying to stand out in this crazy music world that we have now? Um, I think. Well, that was a tricky thing for me when I released Blue Tattoos because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But I think the main points of interest for me, or what's worked out for me so far, is Instagram and TikTok. Um, I've I've seen um, people who do like are really in the music industry say do Facebook ads and like run ad campaigns. But I've never really, I don't understand it enough to be able to sort of do it. So maybe that's something for me to learn as I go. But um, I remember when I first released Blue Tattoos and I saw a Conan, John, Avery, can't remember his name. Sorry, dude, if you're listening. Um... I made a comment on one of his videos about... It was to do with releases. 
and I said, oh, thanks, this advice is really helpful. Having just released my first single, and then he made a video reply saying, honestly, don't worry about it and don't think about it too much because your first release is just that. It's just your first release. And don't get too bummed out if it doesn't do very well, which I haven't. I think for a first release, it's done pretty well. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, as a, as a, yeah, first time release, marketing hasn't been my strong suit, but I'm not sitting up late at night worrying about it because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I mean, I think, like, that's really good advice. I mean, for your first release, it's like you're not always going to have, like, this incredible marketing campaign behind it or, or anything. Sometimes it's just good to get the first one out, you know, yeah. and, and get it out and get it done. Um, I mean, it, it's it's tough out there now being a musician. I mean, you can't – it's like – it's now it's like you're not just only a musician. You're, like, your own PR person. You're, like, your own, like, marketing team, your own, like – production team it's like you're like you have to be mm. like wear like 100 capes you know yeah but i'd almost and, and rather it's, do that it's hard i'd almost rather do that on my own because i mean well a bit of a ballsy thing to say in this instance where i've only got one song released in the ether but um i think maybe anyone with more music can me uh, more music than me can disagree but when I've done what I have so far in terms of marketing, I've only got myself to manage. Yeah, oh, I mean, it, it's it's like, you know, it's a slippery slope. I mean, his, you know, it's like you, you want to work on the, the song, you know, you want to put the, the, a lot of the effort into the actual music. And sometimes when you you're like want to do the other stuff, it's like you're, you're, energy just isn't there you know to put it into the the promotion aspect of it yeah it's hard but yeah like you said though you, you like you kind of rather do it yourself though at the same time because it's like the let's face it the music industry is shady <laughs> and it, yeah they don't always uh adhere to what your vision for something is <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the unfortunate part of those those things and record labels and whatnot <laughs> so <laughs> you know it's, it's kind of cool to see the indie movement at the same time as, as hard as it can be yeah um because like you know i think more people and more people are realizing like how corrupt you know the industry is in terms of you know got you know guys just like pushing what they want onto artists and not listening to their artists yeah the and, and you're kind of you're kind of pigeonholed into hey you should do this or hey you got to do this or we we got to come up with this like marketing campaign for your song and you know yeah. and and like here's what it's going to be basically like yeah you, you probably have some input into it sure but at the end of the day they're the ones executing the plan yeah and yeah i think probably that's where i like the indie side because well, especially on TikTok, because we all, at this point, we all sort of know each other. And we're there to sort of help boost and hype each other up. Yeah, and I love that about, about the app. It's been, I think it's been a great um, uh, 
personality about the app is that like I think everybody's very supportive of each other and it's really cool to see and everybody's like super duper like about sharing each other's stuff and like everything I mean you know it's just like it's just really great it's a great community and you know I'm glad it's there for people that are starting yeah, out in too. music mm. yeah I very I very rarely see like a lot of negativity um uh, I'm, yeah. maybe, I, maybe I've been lucky. Maybe I've been lucky, but <laughs> you know, I I don't I've, see it enough, a lot on there. I've not seen loads of negativity, but then every once in a blue moon, when I do, the artist just claps back. Yeah, it, it's 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 a shame sometimes to see it. Like I don't know, it just kind of bums me out because, like, I don't know. I think there's just better ways to. To go about, I mean, I critique is cool, man. I'm always open to constructive criticism. Yeah, but like, yeah. don't be a critique jerk about is, it. Yeah, just don't be an ass. Like, even when yeah. I do see negativity, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Right. You know, it's like, you know, at like one point, like you were starting in that at that route. You know, like you were you were a beginner. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I. I it sucks to see sometimes. Um, yeah. But talking about the music industry, and now I'm really curious about your answer on this because I feel like you're going to have a very fascinating answer to this. Uh, how do you feel about the current music industry model in terms of like streaming, artist revenue, et cetera, et cetera? The hard hitting question I always like to ask near the end of the show. <laughs> oh, it could be a lot better, I think. Um,. I don't know how, because, well, it's, again, it's a case of me having only released one piece of music. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to boil down to that either, but I, I know it could be better. I'm just, I'm not knowledgeable enough to know how it should be improved, because... As far as I'm aware, artists on Spotify get paid fuck all. Um, but for me, it's just about getting my music into the ether for people to listen to. If I make money off it, great. But for people who do want to make money off Spotify and other streaming services, um, and maybe through even like different distributors or what have you, um, <coughs> I hope that one day that there will be like a magical distributing service and streaming service that will sort of change change the game for artists in a fair way that everyone can agree with and come to like harmony with because from my understanding at the minute it's not ideal and it only makes the music industry even harder to get through and it almost boosts the argument of people who say get a real job because the services you're relying on don't pay you enough like substantially to live and eat food and pay bills so I'd hope that one day 
there'll be a service that comes along that smashes it out of the park and lets artists pursue what they want that they've been trying for for ages and they can like bounce off it and make something substantial from it right i i i i I could not agree with you anymore i mean that somebody said something on tiktok and he i think he was so right about this and he said that um you know spotify doesn't make you as an artist spotify never made anybody you know like we as artists make them so at, at the end of the day why is their ceo making billions of dollars yeah and, and why are these smaller artists even the artists that get and i'm telling you like i mean artists that get like, even a million streams sometimes don't get a pittance you know like they get jack shit i mean to be perfectly honest mm. it's it's not right it, it's, it's it's wrong it's yeah it's not right i don't know why but spotify to me is like the window through which you look at all the mannequins or Spotify is the mannequin and the music is the nice clothes that are, that is wearing. It's R- a weird analogy. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like it, it see, it feels nice. Like it, the concept feels nice from the outside, you know, it, yeah. it really does. But, there, there just needs to be fixed. Like the model is just broken. <laughs> yeah, I, I envy people who like, um, people who just like listen to Spotify. Just they're maybe not affiliated with music in any way, shape, or form, and that's fine. But I envy their ability to like enjoy Spotify as a listener. Because I enjoy it as a listener, I it's great for listening to other people and like fellow artists who are just trying to get somewhere. But working through like the ins and outs and like the inner machinations that go into this machine, it's very kind of I don't enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's not the fun part of this, um, this whole experience, you know, to say the least. Um, But I suppose, like, that's where you could bring the comparison of other jobs into it, as as to say, music is just like another job because there are so many jobs out there where the internal machine is so corrupt in the way it works, but because it's corrupt that's the reason it works spotify is the corrupt machine that just makes it work in the most unfair way possible to artists but it does its purpose right and and like i and it's interesting like the mention about the job thing you know being a musician in itself is like having multiple jobs like i said before you have to wear so many capes and you have to basically end yeah. up teaching yourself like all these different life skills, like business skills, um, you know, copyright law, 
like, uh, <laughs> mm. I mean, um, you know, designing merch, uh, designing, I mean, it, everything you could think of under the sun. It, it, there's a lot of things that you have to keep track of. And it's like having five different jobs. <laughs> yeah. So it I don't want to hear folks. anything about it being not being a real job. <laughs> yeah. It is it's it's a load of process. The music process is just a load of work. Um yeah. speaking of Unless, merch Oh Tom. Yeah. Were you ever thinking about making merch at some point? Or like something well, that incentivizes your fans, you know, to to, you know, buy more from you or, you know, anything like any any type of merchandise at all, shirts or accessories or whatever. You ever thought about doing that at some point? I think one day when I've maybe built up a bit of a bigger audience, but you know that takes time. So when I think I've maybe found that, um, then this is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, because I would buy a shirt with that that blue tattoos freaking logo on it. Shit's sick. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's I think that's a sick ass uh um like. Like album cover. I mean, I know it's not like an album album, but you know what I mean. But <laughs> Thank single you. single cover, a single cover. But uh, yeah, it gets the point across. It's blue. <laughs> it's blue. And and you're given that that like that little like eyebrow like raise there. You're like like hmm. <laughs> like hmm. What is this bullshit I'm encountering? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, it's like, he's got that little like he's got that little uh, devious face, and I'm like, kind of like, ah, oh. like, like, what's he up hmm. to? What's he planning? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um. So, what? So, Tom. So, like, I know this is like a kind of a weird question, but like, you ever thought about like causes that you had like a vested interest in, and like how you could maybe give back with your music? Or just giving back in general, even if it's not with your music. I think it depends on what you mean by giving back. Do you mean like, um, like uh, oh, any causes that you believe in, or any like uh, um, charities or charity work or volunteer work that you like to do, or I think let's say my music was to take off and oh like I got income from another job in the future or I made merch or something that I could give back with um it would go towards it's hard because there's so many charities doing loads of brilliant work but um I think maybe for what I stand for not as a representative of all artists because that's that's a bit egotistical and that's not me. But um, maybe for what Blue Tattoos is, which is a message to people who say the arts isn't a real job when in actual fact it is, maybe something to help fund the arts because in the UK at least, the arts are getting increasingly underfunded. So maybe something towards that, but I love that. Maybe yeah. a sort of I don't know, like a morale boost. Um, to give back 
with my music, I would say, if you listen to it and you kind of get it, I mean, well, there's death of the author and all that, which you can make your own meaning from it. But if you were to sort of get on board with what the intended meaning is, then I think the giving back comes from understanding or at least appreciating that the arts is a real job. That's that's great. I I, I love that actually. Um, and I, I it's just something I stand behind really uh, big with, with because unfortunately uh, schools across the world are just defunding the arts so badly. Um, and it, it's mm. it's an absolute shame and it's awful for these kids that want to actually do something creative. And yeah, because of the whole stigma, you know, like hey, we need to train them for do other stuff, you know. And they yeah. take away the money for that, and it's not right, you know. It's it's not it's just wrong, you know. And it should that has a place in school, and it should still have a place in school and anywhere else yeah. that kids want to learn and do that stuff. And so it, it goes it goes beyond just entertainment as well. Like in terms of entertainment, if you don't like the arts as a job prospect, then turn off your TV, get rid of any magazines or books you have turn off the radio, stop listening to music and see how black and white and dull the world is. But also, beyond entertainment, it taking away the arts is damaging because, or from what I've experienced at least, so when I was in my second year of university, me and my, my mate Mitchell, we did a facilitating uh, placement for a theatre group called Converge and oh yeah um which was dedicated to helping people who struggle with mental health and these workshops were like you know it just kind of lifted their mood for a bit it sort of it may well have made someone's weak just by being there um so it's almost like a service through like through an artistic lens facilitating these workshops for people who struggle and just need a bit of a boost so without the arts there it's quite sad to think about what might come of those people who struggle and need art as a way of sort of managing and literally making a difference in your life an outlet <laughs> yeah yeah an outlet it's an outlet for all that frustration and pain you know yeah like, and, and sadness it, it's like mm. you know music can save lives and i truly believe in the healing power of music yeah and drama as well because it was mainly like a drama based thing right but um yeah it's sad to think like what might come of them if that service wasn't there, would they be here? Uh, yeah. The arts matter. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. That's, that's uh, a big-time message that uh, I'm glad that, you're, you know, you're behind and other artists are behind, you know, and, I, and I, it's a fight that it's going to unfortunately be a hard one for a long time, I think, you know, and... 
you know, we just got to yeah. keep pushing it and pushing the issue and, and just hopefully, you know, we can get it, you know, get it more widespread and, and hopefully you just kind of end this bad stigma surrounding the arts lately. Um, yeah. So finally, Tom, I'm going to end with this question. What advice do you have for other indie artists out there? Um, make shit. It's going to stop you. I love it. That is so simple. Like, it, it it's such a good message because it, it, it's, it's true. Because, honestly, sometimes we just got to keep making things, even if it isn't, like, the best in the world. Just just keep making it. That's You know, I, I talked about this with Ariel Eliza on the last show, and she said, said mm. son, basically the same thing. You know, just keep making things. Yeah, because... How the world isn't going to be any worse without a bit more knowledge and creativity in it. What bad is that? Nothing. It's, if anything, it's good to have some more creativity that could possibly enter the ether at some point. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, we have to we have to sound out our ideas sometimes, and yeah, you know, sometimes if we just keep that stuff in our head and it never comes out, it's just like you know, it kind of just goes doesn't go that much further, you know. It's yeah. some, sometimes we we gotta like at least take the step, you know, make it an attempt, you know, and Mm-mm. put it out there, or even if you don't want to put it out there publicly, you just put it out there for yourself, you know, yeah, in, in the privacy of your own home, you know, record it for yourself, you know, and no one has to see it, no one has to listen to it. Yeah, and like doing yeah. it for yourself just means if someone doesn't like it for whatever reason, you can say, okay, fuck you, I did it for me, not for you. Yeah. No, yeah, I like think how, that... how How can the world be a poorer place without a bit more knowledge and creativity in it? You know? Yeah, I 100% agree with you, man. Yep, I totally with you on that. Well, Tom, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you were a pleasure. Um, no, Lawrence, thank you. That This has been a blast. Yeah, man, it's a great conversation. Uh, you know, I like to think of these as conversations more than, than interviews, you know. It's like, it's just, it's just kind of, we're just talking the, the crap about music, you know, and, and just yeah. the process and, you know, how we got here. You know, and how did, how did we yeah, get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of the, the journey I like to kind of take people on. You know, it's just like kind of finding out more about people and like how, how they got to this point. And, uh, mm. yeah, uh, I, I really appreciate you. Um, I, where can you, we find you on like social media streaming wise, uh, you know, let us know. I, I'm going to um, put the links anyway, but I, I always yeah. <laughs> like to have people say it too. You can find me on Instagram, which is, I don't really have a music account, but. My personal, which you could just see me shit posting, is tom.s.lees. That's L W E S. And you can find my sort of artsy creative account, which is tom.lees.creative. Um, Spotify, Tom Lees. And then TikTok is Tom Lees Music. Very good. Um, you, you are you not on Apple? Are you or I am, but 
I'm not gonna lie, I haven't really checked Apple Music or like Amazon, so I, well, you can probably just search Tom Lee's on there and I'll pop up. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably link it anyway, but <laughs> cool. All right, but th- thank you again, Tom. Appreciate you coming on the show. Um, no, Lawrence, thank you. It's been really, really fun. Yeah, it's been fun for me too. Um, tune in next time, guys. Um, we'll be uh, not sure who's going to be on next, but uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode whenever that is. And have a happy holidays, uh, whatever you celebrate, and uh, I'll probably see you after then. Take care. Happy holidays.